The views expressed on the Black Magic Podcast are our own. We do not speak for the whole black community, but welcome discussion and debate throughout our community and with each other. So there comes a time in all of our young adult lives where we all need to fly the nest. And it's this like amazing romanticized moment where we all dream about that moment where we can finally leave our parents' house and live our best young lives. (laughs) And on this podcast, we have all already done that. And then unfortunately, as so many others have, found ourselves back at home with mom and dad. This week on Black Magic, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about those growing pains, what happens when you move out of the house and then have to move back into the house and all the trials and tribulations that come with it. So you know what, let's start from the absolute beginning because when we, before we even got to moving out and all that came with that, like we had to make that decision. We had to come to a conclusion that it was time. How do we know that it was the right time? When did you guys decide that, you know what, this is my moment. Let me, fl- let me spread my wings and fly. Um, that decision was made, I don't know, from grade three. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. You were, done, you were done with your family early. Oh, very early. I knew from very young that I like to be independent, that I like to do my own thing. And when you are the youngest girl (laughs) um, to two older brothers, you get very used to being um, smothered. So, (laughs) yeah, that countdown to moving out was uh, started very early. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure even with the two older brothers and being very protective, but then also very... I need that. Can you go to my room and go grab that for me, please? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was kind of just like the next step because it's just like, okay, what's what am I expected to do now? Okay, move out and go to university. Fine, let's do that. And, you know, it was only when I moved out, I realized, huh, I can do, within reason, whatever I want. And that kind of freedom was kind of, was quite amazing initially. Right. So then you moved out for school originally then, Matthew, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's also the same for us. Um, in terms of the move-out process, though, how was that? Like, I think probably a lot of our listeners would love to hear about our experiences with um, deciding to move out, of course, but then also how we were able to do that because not everyone can do that just obviously because of the financial burdens that come with it. So I'll just say how it worked for me initially. So first, when I moved into university, it was in res for first year. So that was sort of quote-unquote easy because I'm just taking on this little thing called student debt and just going off to live in in, in res. But for second, third, and fourth year, I made enough reasonably good friends where, you know, I was like, okay, guys, we need to go look for houses. And they're like, sure. So we just went about finding landlords and we ended up just having um, a friend of a friend of a friend of one of my friends say, hey, here's a decent landlord, uh, landlady. Maybe she has a couple of properties you can look at. And so we did. And she showed us like five or six rented properties. And we chose the one that we thought was the best one. And so my advice to people would be, you know, once you're in a good place, 
Um, make good friends, responsible friends in university. You know, you have your party friends, your fun friends, but have some responsible friends as well whose parents are, quote-unquote, connected and know people in the area that can help you out. Because those connections are everything and they make life so much easier. If you're just the um, the guy, oh, there's uh, there's Matthew over there. He's a nice fellow. Let's bring him on and let him live live on res live in our house when you literally have no idea what you're doing what's what what's a landlord what's a landlady what's rent who knows yeah. but it's what's good to have those connections all there that. Mm-hmm. for me i actually didn't move out right after high school so i went to york university um which everyone knows is like a 40 minute drive from newmarket so for me it was like kind of dabbling with the idea of moving out and then in the end for first and second year i actually decided to just commute um because of the cost right everything is just so much more expensive you already have to pay for school um so the cost of moving out just wasn't really worth it for me at the beginning but then as second year came around I found like I was just missing out on so much that was going on I wanted to be on campus I wanted to be closer to like you said those friends that you've made those connections that you've made the parties like oh my gosh how depressing everyone's talking about the parties that happened over the weekend and like I was in Newmarket no I I was (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I just missed out on so much so I actually decided I'm going into third year that I would move on to uh, York's campus which honestly best decision of my life if I could go back I would do it from year one yeah um well I definitely excuse me I can concur with uh, Matthew's advice for sure because my situation was a little not like stressful. I mean, it kind of was at the time because I didn't really know what I was doing. And first of all, I remember I think I missed like the deadline to apply for residence. So I think I literally missed it by a day and like I begged my school and they were just not having it. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not living on residence. So then I had to do research to find a place because I was going to Ottawa four hours away, somewhere I had never been before. So and yeah, it was kind of hard to find a place in the right budget because I was um, relying on OSAP too. And I had to wait until I got, like, the estimate to know what my budget would even be like. Um, So I remember, I think I actually found my place, like, pretty late in the summer before I left. Like, I think in maybe August, I had finally found a place. And, I mean, where I was was great, but it was so far from campus. And, like, I didn't have friends yet. It was in my first year, so... It was kind of weird, so I definitely wish I had, like, those friends and connections because I think I probably would have been able to find a more, I guess, ideal location for a place because the the apartment itself was really nice, but it was just so far, and I wouldn't advise that for your first year. Yeah, location, location. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think actually what would be beneficial is if we even talked about a little bit more of the financial side of that. Um, because mm-hmm. even for me, coming from a single parent household, moving out was, as you know, as much as we fantasize about it in our minds, it was definitely something that we had to discuss financially and see if it was doable, how we mm-hmm. would be able to do it. Um, so what kind of conversations did you guys have with your parents surrounding the financial end? 
Um, so the financial situation was always very precarious because we were we were very paycheck to paycheck. So the situation was OSAP, and if worse came to worse, you know, they take out they they themselves would take out loans to help me. Um, it never quite came to that in first year, but in second year I really did have to like do jobs and work studies together to sort of afford everything and you know it was hard and I was loath to ask my parents for anything not because of her her financial independence but because I didn't want to be a financial burden to them because I knew they were going through going through it right so I uh I just sort of busted my tail and working and that affected my grades obviously because I didn't have any time to study or like just sort of stop for a minute right to yeah. relax so that's it's definitely one of those things you want to think about before you uh decide on how far away you want the university to be from where your parents are because let's say you do go live on resin first year it's good to have that option in the back pocket saying okay you know i'm broke so i can commute now for the for second third and fourth year since i've made a base of friends where i can study with but as well i don't have to pay rent so that's something to think about Right. How far away was your school from your home, Matthew? Uh, I went to the University of Guelph, so that was not an option. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Newmarket. <laughs> I could not come commute from Newmarket to Guelph. That would have been that would have been no. So yeah. So I just had to, I just had to to rent. Yeah, to stick it out. What was rent like in Guelph? Just curious. It wasn't bad. It was like five twenty-five a month. That's okay. Terrible. Yeah. That's, in that's the city, it would have been it would have been awful. Yeah. And and just to clarify, we are talking about rent. You're renting a room, right? For five? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right, it's like yeah. five people in one house. Yeah, that's pretty typical. That's same thing, same thing around York. I think um to the later ends there, you're probably getting around 600 in rent for a room. But mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I guess for me, um, like, I don't know, even looking back now, it was so crazy because as much as I tried to budget and you know try to be as conservative as I could with my money there were definitely times where I was like oh I do not have enough to pay rent this month (laughs) and I did have to ask my parents for help a few times and that was kind of like not yeah I guess an eye-opener because they're like uh you should have had the money for this like (laughs) why are you asking us for money right now Um, so that was definitely like a good slap in the face, learning about how to manage my money. Um, and I was lucky that the person that I lived with, she was pretty, um, easygoing when it came to rent. Like she, um, I lived with like a 30 year old woman and she was really nice. The place was really nice. And she just like wanted the company and like a little bit of extra income. So she wasn't really like on my ass for (laughs) rent um so I got really lucky in that aspect but um yeah it was definitely like being alone not really having that many friends not never living on my own before like I didn't really realize how much it would actually cost to you know buy groceries for myself paying for commuting to and from school and you know just having pocket money for myself I was also working but I could only work so much due to school, right? So, yeah, it was yeah, it's a very a, It's a huge eye-opener. Mm-hmm. It's a very big eye-opener. I think that's 
honestly that's where the, the most growth happens though that's why yes. i tell people all the time like for real you need you need to move out yeah. like especially at our time in our lives like to almost prepare you for that like because as a student it's like an awkward in between between like full adulthood and yeah. still being like a youth where you can still like reach back to your parents and be like okay okay i'm struggling yeah um, but still then maintain you know your complete in, in independence excuse me um so for me in choosing that decision like obviously i told you guys i was i didn't move out right away so i actually moved on to a um, it was student housing, but it wasn't residence. Um, it was like a new build building, beautiful, but it was expensive. Rent was like eight fifty. Um, yeah, so that was a lot. Um, and then also, yeah, and then every year it was going up. I'm like, y'all are Whoa. funny. <laughs> Right, the price will go up, but the quality stays the same. Like, uh... mm-hmm. if not, goes down. Right, and like, excuse me. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, so that was a huge thing in for me to decide like to move out, uh, to make the active decision to know that you're going to make yourself even more in debt. Um, just because, again, that's all coming from student loans for the most part. Like, I think my student loans would cover my rent. Um, and then I relied on myself for everything else. everything else, everything else. So utilities, which I had to pay, um... And then also, of course, groceries, commuting, commuting to work as well. Um, and that's a big thing I find, like, if you aren't able to rely on your parents for the finances going into that stuff, you need to be, you need to be well aware that you probably are going to have to work your way through school. Like, you're yeah. going to need to hold down a job. You're going to need to support yourself in some way. Um, and just like you mentioned, Matthew, that was a huge challenge for me as well, because you're working, you're trying to party. No, not trying. You're you're partying. You're working. You're partying. You're trying to finish multiple essays. Um, and and again, this is at a point in your life where you've never experienced such independence. So you honestly have to exercise and learn how to manage your time, um, and be the one, be the responsible, be responsible for your own schedule, really, because you have so much free time when you're in school. Like it's not really a lot of time spent in class, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of reading it's a lot of essays uh, especially mm-hmm. if you're going into like um more of the humanities instead of like math and sciences so that was the challenge for me as well finding a moment to rest and settle down when you're like oh I just did groceries awesome let me go home and just relax oh just kidding I need to cook dinner first exactly <laughs> and all those things so from personal experiences moving out then what was the biggest like uh, I guess you could say culture shock, culture shock to living by yourself, to having to now make these these grown man, grown woman movements. <laughs> well, um, I, after school, um, so this is while I'm living, um, you know, I'm doing school and living in a in a house, and then after the, a year after that, after I graduated, I lived by myself in like uh, Etobicoke for a while. Was um, grocery shopping is actually difficult to do right it's actually difficult to do if you want to not spend you know your your, your arm and leg and you want to also get food that will not result in you feeling like trash you know it's 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 a lot it's a it's a weird balancing act and i just had to learn that well you can find coupons and if you can't find coupons you can look up sales and if you can't look up sales look up where's having a sale and then maybe go the extra distance to go to the supermarket the, the outlet that has the sale 
I don't know. It's actually you actually have to put a lot of thought into it. So that was the biggest thing for me. Yeah, honestly, I would kind of say the same because, like, there are times when, like, shopping for one person is so weird because you want so many things, but then at the same time, like, you have to think about, okay, this is going to go bad in, like, a few days. Are you going to eat it? Are you going to finish it? And then I'm always telling myself, yeah, I'm going to finish it. And then by the end of the week, I'm wasting so much food. And that is also money being wasted. So, yeah, learning how to bounce that was hard. And even, like, as someone who was not driving at the time, like figuring out, okay, am I taking the bus? Am I going to Uber? How much is this Uber going to cost to and back? Um, I got lucky sometimes because the girl that I live with, she would um, she would drive us if we both wanted to go grocery shopping sometimes. But most of the time she wasn't home. So, you know, it wasn't only budgeting for the groceries, but budgeting for how to get there and how to get back home. And yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And also I think for me, So I think my personal biggest culture shock just generally moving out of the house was actually um, not being around family. And it sounds so weird because now that I have had the time away from family, I cannot wait. Um, But it was really weird to move out of my family's house and be in in a place that you're not necessarily comfortable. Because with roommates, your house is your room. Mm hmm. Like, everything else is shared at the end of the day. So you have Mm -hmm. to be a lot more cognitive of who's using the bathroom and when, um, of who's using the kitchen and who's cooking and when. What does the kitchen look like? If I bring friends over, am I taking up space that my roommates want to use? So those kind of, like, that different dynamic of constantly having to be aware of things that I wasn't previously aware was really tough on me. I think it really kind of made me lonely at some points. Mm. Um... But it is something you, you definitely get used to. And it's not, you know, complete isolation because you have roommates, which is always great. You always have someone to watch, like, TV and stuff with or study with, which I loved. Um, but I definitely can agree with the groceries. Oh, my God. Like, did you guys, if you took the bus, did you guys get a basket, like, on, on wheels? Or did you just, oh, yeah. like... I had those, like, you know those ones where you see, um, not, I want to say, like, people that are homeless that carry those... Uh... Those yeah, the wheelie. push ones? Yeah, it was so convenient. Honestly, I didn't even care because who's carrying all those bags? What the heck? No one's offering to help me. I got to figure it out. <laughs> the way I became a water drinker because yes. juice. Right. First of all, like, no. <laughs> carrying bottles of juice home on the bus no. in one foot of snow. Yeah. It was a no. <laughs> Sacrifices had to be made. and right. Juice was not an option. So- so I I am a deeply stupid person, right? <laughs> because I I decided that oh no I'll just take the bag because my supermarket the metro and the mo- and the no frills were very close and they were like you know like one long street away from my house basically, right? So it was like a twenty minute walk, right? So I walked most of the time, or I rode my bike and riding a bike is really good because. It's it's less time for your arms to give out, right? So I'm have I have like let's say three or four bags, right? And then I put those bags in the like the the compost bags, and now it's time to suffer, because oh. you are either walking with the heavy bags, which seem oh these are fine, you know I'm a man I'm strong, <laughs> and then after like five minutes you're like well this is I have never felt such pain, right? <laughs> 
And so I'm riding my bicycle to my house and I'm trying, I'm going as fast as possible because I want to reach home before I literally have to just stop. Right. And so that was my life once every two weeks because I decided, let me just suffer a lot every two weeks rather than suffering a little bit well, less every basis. week. Yeah. And that was, that was, that was Matthew's life. Yo, I'm sure the shoulder development on that was like <laughs> phenomenal. I hope you switch sides, even it out from one side to the other. <laughs> yeah, you'd think I'd do that, but you know. <laughs> I'm great. So I just look like a lopsided man for a while. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, groceries was always, always fun. No, honestly, yeah. like that was a huge, a huge deal. And then also, like you said, Nadia, waiting, you didn't want things to go off. But then you're also learning that like you don't, you can't overbuy um and don't go to the grocery store hungry because don't buy all this stuff that like you know you're dreaming in your mind you're going to be gordon ramsay when you get home and you don't get to it you don't care to do it um so meal preps or, or just general meal planning so that you can actually buy what you need for that week and not waste all of the food and all of your money that was a challenge for me too because i'm not a chef in fact i will hire a chef when i get there like yeah. i i don't like cooking on a, on the best of days <laughs> and then cooking when i have to cook no right. it was a challenge cooking takes time man yeah it does it takes, it takes so much so time. long just to eat for like 10 minutes and now you gotta wash all these dishes put stuff mm-hmm. in the tupperware I'm like, oh, i became a sandwich fiend a sandwich. Oh my fiend. god. So facts. Facts. Because listen, I would put this amazing sandwich together, put on a little fries in the oven, and boom. That's like honestly. <laughs> what I used to do is I used to get an, something that's nice and cheap, but it like feels like, oh, this is a fancy thing. Bologna, the cheapest bread, right? <laughs> I had the cheapest lettuce. Some salt and pepper and an um, and onions on it. I'm like and some potato chips and I'm like yes this is this is Whoa. a this is a this is a fancy healthy meal. No, it's just cheapness. But <laughs> but if it can fool yourself, you know it's great. Yeah, and I actually even loved sometimes because I had so many roommates and we all bought our own groceries. Like sometimes low key you just like Tifa one two and you put together this like crazy yeah. crazy meal. <laughs> Don't talk about it. My roommates that are listening, I didn't take any food. I remember I accidentally took this one, this one, my one housemate's English muffin, and I I had my own English muffins, but I I I mistook her her bag for my bag. And when I say this in the video, saw it fit to knock on my door and say, Matthew, why did you take an English muffin? When you could have just said, All right, you took one of mine, I'll take one of yours. Right. You know, I, and, and I was sleeping and I was, you know, and I, you know, and I treasured sleep. So when I got up and I was just standing behind the door while she's still knocking, I was just staring at the door with a death stare. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot, for the sake of the household, open this door because <laughs> I have no Canadian left in me right now. Oh and it is only Jamaican <laughs> high school boy left in me. So I am just going to not answer the door. Right. Act like you're sleeping or you're not home. That's facts. <laughs> oh my gosh. I swear. Listen, because I, I think everyone probably had that roommate that would go out and buy like frivolously. Like yeah. like they weren't sharing a fridge. Yes. And then you would just watch Money's everything go oh, bad. Guys. Everything would go bad. And that's when I said, you know what? 
I'm doing it for the betterment of the house and in honor of not wasting things. No, honestly, I'm watching that bread over there and it's two days away from being unrecognizable. Like, right. I, I'm going to just help myself. It's a straight up garden in a bag. I'm crying. Yeah. I'm going to just help myself to this while it still lasts. And at least somebody's going to eat it. That's that's what I would do. Sometimes, especially the freezer, people put things in the back of the freezer and they're no, yeah. they're, they no longer exist. Oh, my God. And so yeah. on nights of struggle, listen, I could have like some fries with some like um, spring rolls I'm with screaming. like a patty. Like I'm dead <laughs> ass. Like you would just have like a little a little mix of struggle and it, it'd get you there. That sounds like a yeah. great meal, though. Like better than water fitting <laughs> Yeah. So 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 back when I was down real bad, I used to have this friend who I really liked, and they used to basically say, "Oh, why don't you just do what um what, what I do, which is just rice, egg, and soy sauce, right? Oh, I'm that's like, a rice, bond. egg, and soy sauce. Rice, egg, and soy sauce. That's ridiculous. But you no. know, <laughs> as we came to close to the end of the year, and as my ability to take home groceries waned along with my arms, I realized, <laughs> you know what? I, I really am in pain. So what I did, I just went, I got some eggs, you know, I got a little bologna, and I got my rice. And I did it. And when I tell you that I nearly wept, <laughs> no, that's, that's <laughs> how rice. decent it was. Because before, I was basically just having toast and maybe, like, jam. Right? Because I just though. hadn't gotten a chance to get go to the grocery store because I was so busy and, and working so much. I just, I nearly wept. And I, I literally texted them, thank you. Thank you for this. You can also zhuzh up ramen. Ramen oh, noodles. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I put um, beef or, like, actual meat in it. Like, especially if you get, um, you can get, like, the chicken strips that are, like, it's not chicken strips. It's, like, chicken that's, like, pre-cut up, pre-cooked or whatever. Or other meat like that. I would cut up the meat, put it in there empty an egg in there, get some other veggies and, like, um, mushrooms and stuff and throw in there. Like, I would make whole meals out of ramen. Yeah, my one roommate would do that all the time. She would throw everything in there, like hot pot. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a recommendation right there, okay? Those little ramen bags, 50 cents each, maybe. Yep. Do yourself a favor, because in those moments, like you said, Matthew, when you have 10 assignments due... And you got to take a two hour down the road to go between struggling your way onto the bus, getting the groceries and struggling your ass home. Oh, gosh. Ramen. Yeah, just pack up the rice. Before the house decided on a ride, this is, this is my last horrifying story. Before, <laughs> before the house decided to, to do the sensible thing and just pick up a communal rice cooker, we all used to just boil the rice on the stove. And I decided, okay, I need to get some rice. This is, I think, the third, second or third time I was doing this. You know, the, the, the egg and rice thing. Um, and I started to boil the rice. And I said, okay, I'm just going to go type out this paragraph and go back. And when I tell you, I fell asleep at my laptop. And I oh, woke no. up an hour later. And I woke no. up and I said, why is there this burning smell? And I have no. never, never booked it faster to the stove in all my life. In I have meme, life. the meme in the back of my head like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, I, and I picked it up and I was like, all right, it doesn't look that bad. The rice itself, clearly I wasn't asleep as long as I thought. The rice itself is still there, okay. but it has to smell. So I opened up the windows and I turned off the stove. And then when I tried to dump out the rice, the whole of the bottom part, blackout. 
just yep. just black. black. I feel <laughs> the that. Blackest black. And the thing you, is, you had because crust. it was the bottom part, the, even the rice, which was like 90% of it, that was good, tasted like char. No. And I was like, well, you know, this half will go in the bin. And boy, I, you know, I really, I just need, you know, I need some marijuana. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's actually I really just, It was my lowest moment, I tell you. No, I've learned, I've learned, you know, you got to boil first. Boil, make sure that water is oh. bubbling, and then you put it onto low, Okay. You mm-hmm. cannot rush cook rice, is what I have learned. No, Don't bother. You You'll screw yourself and the pot in the end. Like, rice is a slow cook kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, after a while, I just started to have potato. I just had a lot of pot- mashed potatoes. That's it. <laughs> so right. much easier. Right. You know, when much less catastrophe. And if the potato burns slightly, oh my gosh, some, cr- some crunchy some crispy crisp. potatoes. Delicious. <laughs> So even when, you, even when you fuck up, you still have a good meal. Yeah. Exactly. That's hilarious. You know what? Add ketchup. If it, if it you know, you, you feel like Gordon Ramsay again, you're chopping things up here, left, right, and center. You're throwing it all in the scents. Everything's smelling good. And then you put it in your mouth and you're just like, mm. ketchup. Yo, yo. <laughs> ketchup. Did any of you guys ever do this thing where some of your housemates used to like um, go, like go, I mean, like buy McDonald's or whatever, junk food. And they used to throw away the ketchup packets. I would be like, "Yo, man, um, you're throwing away the ketchup packets? Oh, just put this in this. Just put it in the communal drawer, knowing mm-hmm. damn well I'm too it's cheap to true. buy a bottle of ketchup. And I will just use the packets whenever I need a ketchup. Oh my god, that's so, that's next level. You gotta do what oh, yeah. you gotta do. You gotta <laughs> you do what do. you gotta. Listen, you save the money, and they're throwing away perfectly good ketchup. What are you doing? Right. I'm telling you, that's why that's why you gotta be strategic and teeth in the food. That's that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Especially like just like you said, you have to have um your friends in high places or whatever, or like, you know, well endowed with yes. connections. Those are the people that on any given day will go out to the grocery store and spend one hundred and fifty dollars to fill your fridge. Amen. Your <laughs> fridge. And then they will proceed to buy takeout for the rest of the week. Right. And you're like, mm. Well Okay. You know what? That, that was a choice. You gifted yeah. me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is for the house now. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. Um. So actually, really interesting to me was this idea of the first night. Like that first day you moved in, what were the vibes? What was like saying goodbye to your family? And then that first silent night. Um. Okay. The first night in first year, um, it was kind of weird because I actually, like, I went to Ottawa first with, like, a limited amount of stuff, and then my parents came later. So then that first night, it was weird. It was just me and my roommate, and we were just chilling. I don't know. That night was weird. But in second year, when I moved in with five other girls, um, as soon as my parents left, there's always this like wave of sadness initially when they first close the door and I'm like, Oh my God, like, where are they going? And I went by, I cried for like 30 seconds because, you know, I just love my parents. And then after that 30 seconds, I'm like, Oh wait, this is lit. Like I'm by myself and I'm with these five other girls and everyone's in the same boat that first night. Like I can't even tell you how much fun it was. (laughs) Yeah. Like that moment, even being at home when your parents are gone. Yeah. I don't know if your parents have ever gone on vacation or some shit, and you're like, hmm, "House this is living." 
Let's go. That's exactly what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt the same, same kind of thing. Like, as soon as the door closes behind you, it's like, oh shit, this is real life. Yeah. Like, I finally understood why my mom is, like, so, like, security. Like, we have a bar behind the door, like, everything mm-hmm. at my house, like... And I finally realized in that moment, I'm like, yeah, y'all better make sure my front door's locked. Like, right. I, it was a PSA on a regular basis. Like, did you lock the front door? You better go back and lock the front door. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, like, little twinge of, like, feeling, you know, out of place because it's a new place and you're sitting there looking at the ceiling and everything's silent and you're like, I'm here alone. That's, like, a little bit daunting. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's, it's like, bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, euphoria. You're just so yeah. happy. <laughs> So I'm like, wait, I'm alone for, like, the next, like, eight months. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> to know that your mom's not going to come running through the house screaming your name, wanting you to clean this, why did you do this, 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 and that, and the other. Like, yeah. it's bliss. But then when that starts coming from your roommates, uh, the bliss runs out a little bit. <laughs> you know, I feel like me and my roommates had a very good understanding. Like, for the most part, if you needed me, just text me. Yeah. Like and or like if I'm if I'm awake and you know I'm awake, like you can obviously just come knock my door and I'll I won't even answer that. I'm like, yeah, just come in. What's up? <laughs> yeah. But I think that Yo. comes with time and just getting comfortable with your roommates and. But for the most part, like I found, like if we needed to talk or something, like most of the time people would just text me, which I loved. Because right. anybody trying to get up and answer the door and like go through all of that, like. Exactly. If you're ever like really bored. Um, for me, anyway, if you ever like really bored and you just want to talk to somebody, just go to like the communal, um, like kind of living area, where mm-hmm. it's just like a, a really cheap, terrible couch, and like a sink <laughs> and a microwave, and yep. you know people are always there just talking about absolutely nothing, right? Yeah. And you just go there, and you know, it, you know, it's it's boring, but at the same time, if you just want a break from whatever it is you're doing, it's it, it was always a good thing. I think what I missed in terms of my parents was the culture and by culture i also mean food mm-hmm. mm. because living on a res now guelph i shouldn't complain too much at all because guelph has a really good meal plan in that the food on at guelph is just it's just good it tastes good it's really well made whereas i know a lot of my friends and other campuses their sort of on-campus food is is what jamaicans would call bullet slush um it's just you know trash pits yeah so when i was there i missed the food and i kind of just missed how because in school um in new market every other comment used to be oh your accent your accent your accent and home was like where that was never a question right and it, i never felt badly about being asked about my accent but after a while it just got old right very old but when you're at guelph <laughs> people are going to ask you about your accent if you're a jamaican person or if you're just you know you just come from outside the country Right. So that kind of I just didn't really have much of a respite from that while I was on res. I was always sort of, oh, that immigrant Jamaican guy who's cool. But remember, he's an immigrant and he's Jamaican. So that's kind of like what I what I didn't like about the situation and what what made the first night a bit sort of weird. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I think if you would have come to York, that would, that that would have been a completely different experience. I think every <laughs> single one of my friends, like other than my roommates, like were all international students, and I think that like honestly made my university career even better. Like I'm talking, 
uh, people from Bahamas, people from um, like other Caribbean islands, Trinidad, all those places, and then um, African countries. Like I loved that. I loved that. I love I love speaking and listening to people with different accents. And honestly, even hearing, it's funny to say now, honestly, but like hearing those people, especially when they like get intoxicated <laughs> or like. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's saying things, and we're all speaking the same language, but everyone has their own nuances. Like, honestly, it's a really fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of Jamaicans on Guelph campus as well, thankfully. It's, if I ever want to just, you know, patwa it out at a very, very, very late night. <laughs> right. And so what did you guys find probably, like, the most valuable to that experience, like, of moving out? Like, what did you learn that was, like, if I was to go back in time and tell my uh, my my younger self this, what would you tell that person? Um, well, I guess for me, just learning how to support myself and, you know, be independent. Now I know, like, for when I do want to move out, I know how to budget. Um, you know, you have to go through those periods of being, like, very much broke and being afraid to ask your parents for money and just hitting the low of the low that's what mm-hmm. really enabled me to know how to take care of myself now going forward and you know I would just tell myself like it sucks right now but you're gonna get through it and you're gonna be so much better afterwards and compared to in comparison to a lot of my peers and like even my own family members like you know what it takes to live on your own. And that's a really valuable um, skill to have because there's so many people who don't know about like paying rent and like even having like good credit and things like that and how all Mm -hmm. those things play together. So like I'm a lot more financially literate, I would say. I mean, I still have so much, so much to learn like we were talking about the other day. but yeah, just going through the motions of the money problems because you'll get better afterwards. Yeah, for me, I think it's just sort of general self-discovery. I would have given myself the advice of join more clubs you know you're interested in, but you're kind of afraid to sort of expose yourself as a bit of a complete nerd. So just just go off and you know meet new people, and don't be afraid of discovering things about yourself you have repressed. Just just go live life, brethren. Just enjoy yourself. You know, you only live once. Be safe and stop caring what everybody thinks of you. Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. Yeah, because especially coming out of high school, like that is the be-all and end-all. I feel like the culture in high school is like, how can I make myself the same? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone kind of has that same MO and everyone is following the same trends. Everyone's going to come wearing their Uggs with their little TNA pants. Oh my like, you know I mean? Like everything was all so, how could I make myself the same? And then entering into university, that was almost like a hindrance. Cause like, why am I trying to, you know what I mean? Like it was that culture shock even in that. And like coming out and realizing that there's so many differences between the people that I'm here with. Like, who do I fit in with? Am I weird? you know, and just all those questions that you're asking yourself. But that is so true, Matthew. Like, finding your tribe is where you'll find the most happiness and the most peace. Like, people who are into the same things as you are not going to shame you for what you're into. And even that whole idea of, like, so I was talking about, um, excuse me, a patient that came into the office the other day. 
and he was like oh yeah I really like the round glasses but everyone like makes fun of me for and calls me Harry Potter and I'm like okay but you're going to university next year and let me tell you something you're not gonna have one body walk up to you and be like oh my god your glasses make you look like Harry Potter right like you know what I mean like everyone understands that there's more differences among people and there's more um like you can be more risque when it comes to your style or how you want to present yourself like you're no longer limited to your little high school plan and what they think is appropriate for you like you're there's a lot more space to be yourself um and so definitely giving yourself giving yourself that space to be yourself without any shame is really important for sure yeah if i was to tell myself something going back yeah, I would definitely say, of course, you know, joining the clubs and everything like that, because that's honestly a way to find your most happiness. When you do things with people who are also interested in the same thing as you, like, that's great. But also for me, I think the biggest thing I learned was also not only how to physically support myself, but also kind of mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, like, just generally going from that, that into that period of loneliness, because I'm no longer with my, like, you know, the comfort of my family, and just being able to... I don't know, just be there for myself a little bit more mentally, tune into myself and my feelings and my emotions a little bit more. Also getting, like you said, Matthew, that good rock solid friend group um, of not only partiers, God forbid, <laughs> you need to have responsible friends. You need to have that one friend at least that you know you can call on when something's not going right for you. Mm-hmm. Um different friends for different seasons and reasons like of course you're gonna have your partiers and you know you love them for who they are and what they are and the energy they bring but also when you have questions about rent about groceries about like what method of payment you can use to pay the utilities stuff like that that's actually important I don't know how you guys did laundry but you know where to get a new laundry card like all those things that that important information that's who you need to share actual grown people conversations with and so really having a good core people around you what will take you through that that university life yeah, yeah. that's so true doing laundry now is so much easier because w- instead of going to your room and forgetting about it you can just like chill out you on your phone for like half an hour or whatever and you're fine but back in guelph um because it would take like an hour and a half and you couldn't like set it it would just go for an hour and a half you couldn't just stay in the laundry room for an hour and a half. So you go and, you know, you try and watch a movie or you do some homework. And because you're overtired, you fall asleep. And what used to happen to everyone was that you just find your clothes on top of another laundry machine mm-hmm. or, you know, the floor. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I would kill somebody if I came back and found myself on the floor. But we had a um, kind of like a building Facebook page every every weekend that was a whole new story i decided in the end that i was going to do my laundry either on a monday or a tuesday because Mm -hmm. don't don't catch me in that room on a saturday like the (laughs) amount of stupid people and like you would be there i'd go there in like the morning or something and you would find that same clothes there the next day Mm -hmm. and you're like yeah and you're like you don't care about your clothes you don't care about other people like Whatever. But yeah, I did it a couple times where I had to take people's stuff out of the washing machines because everything is in use. Um, Then lugging it back up the stairs and back into the room. Like, oh my God, it was a mission. Don't bother coming downstairs and you forget the laundry card or something or you forget the dryer sheets and you got to go back. Like, laundry was always such a difficult mission. I don't know why. Oh no. Yeah. 
I was lucky enough in both places that I lived that we had washing it or washer and dryer in our units. So nice life. it wasn't I mean when I lived with five other people it got definitely annoying at times cuz people doing like 7000 loads of laundry using up the thing all day like can someone else use it please? But um yeah, that was yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> But that's low key. I don't. I wouldn't want to have to deal with that because I feel like I'm too direct sometimes, and people don't appreciate my directness, unfortunately. Well, yeah. where are you a failure? Where are you a failure? Where have you failed to do this? Yeah. Why are you shaming your family? What is wrong with you? Oh, like, I'll straight knock on your door. So you gonna move that laundry today, or I'm screaming. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm kind of happy that when I was moving people's laundry, I had no idea who they were. It was like a quick, like, you just check your back, make sure no one else is watching. You just quick take that out, shove your things in, and move along your way. They don't know who you are. Right. But I also did enjoy um, having the access to, like, the laundry room, quote-unquote. Like, being able to do all of my loads all at once was clutch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so getting back into finally, we've had our university experience, we lived our best lives, our best adult lives, you know, we've learned the lessons, we're champions now, we know how to grocery shop, we know how to cook our dinners, like, we know how to manage our time, and we're honestly just, like, at the peak in our lives, and then everything comes crashing back down because it's time to go back home. Oh, What was that like? So we aren't alone in this because 39% of younger millennials say that the COVID-19 recession has them moving back home and 20, I think it's 24 to 29 year olds dealing with crushing finances and are seeking stability by going back home. So for me, it was like, well, you know, I either stay here until inevitably my job closes and I have no money or I just, you know, go back to, you know, relative safety and security. So... You know, it wasn't a hard decision. It was more just annoying right. than hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was... It wasn't so much of a hard decision for me either. I was very much, like, up in the air about what I wanted to do after school anyways. So I didn't know if I wanted to stay in Ottawa. Um, I really wasn't leaning towards coming back home, to be honest. But just... You know, COVID was taking off and trying to find a job and keeping up with rent. That was just something I did not want to think about, to be quite honest. And I know my mom was begging me to come back home anyways. So <laughs> I'm like, all yeah. right, I guess so. <laughs> I'll be there. All right, you win. Here, you here win. I come. She won, for real. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was, it's difficult. It wasn't a, like a hard decision in that, like, you could look at the facts. You could see that it would be more cost effective. You could see that like I wouldn't have to struggle as hard and work a hundred jobs and all that good stuff. But it was a hard decision in that I had a lot of friends who weren't moving back home. And as a young person, Newmarket is not a place to be. It's not. Everything is closed by nine o'clock. If you're lucky, 10 o'clock. Um, nothing is easily accessible. So without a vehicle, you're pretty much waiting and like buses come every hour every two hours like yeah. nothing is easy to get around the go train on the weekends doesn't even come to new market it stops in aurora so then you have to find a bus to get you help peck to aurora to get downtown like it was just not the lifestyle that i wanted to live 
Um, and so I think that was probably the hardest part is constantly having to commute back to Toronto to be where I wanted to be with the people that I wanted to be with. Yeah. And then of course, generally speaking, having to move back home and what that meant for my my life and my independence and how I was gonna proceed now, obviously because you cannot live your life the same way you do living independently by yourself in your mom's house. <laughs> nope, you cannot. <laughs> no, you surely cannot. <laughs> it's like you come back and you're just a child all over again. All over again, and it's an awkward, it's an awkward period to adjust to at this point. Then, because your parents still look at you as their baby, as or even maybe even like you know that teenager who is in need of discipline and who <laughs> you know who thinks they're grown, but we need to show them that they're not grown. And you've yeah. already gone out and lived your life and developed all these new life skills and become your own person, separate to the identity you hold, just being as their child. It feels like disrespect is what it feels like, and you know, and it's and you and you, your question: Can I call out this disrespect without mm -hmm. you know shattering the relationship I have with my parents? Sure, but the people who are essentially my still, unfortunately, my providers. Yeah. Right. Um, that's why I think like paying rent helps with that, but man, it's a it's a weird it's a weird situation it's very yeah. fraught right like you want to be respectful because you know i'm fortunate enough to come back to a home where my mother will cook for me whenever you know and i'm not paying rent um also so it's like obviously i am grateful for everything that she is providing to me but at the same time like I also lived on my own for four years. I was paying rent. I was providing for myself. So, no, I'm not a baby still. But, like, there needs to be some sort of mutual respect here. And it's really hard to navigate, especially when you have, when coming from a culture where you don't really have that sort of level of respect until you're, like, married with children, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very weird dynamic for sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree with um, both parts, especially the rent part. Like, if for me, I find a lot of solace in the fact that now I am con also contributing to the household. The fact that I pay my little, you know, nothing in comparison to what I would actually pay if I was living by myself. Mm -hmm. But I feel a lot more confident and a lot more comfortable being able to say. I'm a contributing member of this household and I pay my bills. <laughs> so, you know, I demand the respect of a paying contributing member. And that is different from if I'm just taking up space, not being productive, like, and acting as if I'm a youth. If I'm working my butt off, making money, trying to grow. Do I need to ask your permission to leave the house? Yes. No. Do, <laughs> do you need to know where I'm going, who I'm with, and when I'll be back? No. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And that's like what, we, what we're used to. We're not used to having to answer to someone. We're not used to having to explain in depth who I'm going with and who their families are and do you know them and all that stuff. Like, that's not what I'm used to. And at this point in my life, I feel as though it's not something that I'm obligated to share. Typically speaking, I will share like, hey, I'm going out. I'll be back at this time. 
Yeah. Yeah, but that's, you know, just generally out of, like, respect of, like, living with them and general communication because it's not like I hate them. Exactly. It's a weird transition for sure of establishing yourself. I'm like, do y'all want to know where I'm going? Come come on. (laughs) See, that's the thing. It's like, you want me to be honest, but do you really? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. if I'm really telling you, I don't think you'll like it. (laughs) Not to tell on myself here, but... (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, you won't. You won't like it, and you won't, like, you know, you'll definitely have something to say about it, and I'm not ready for that conversation, and you're not ready for that conversation, so why can't we just... You know, like, I'll be home when I'm home. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. That's all you oh, need man. to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Just chill out. So I think, yeah, definitely paying rent has allowed me that, but I don't think that would also allow people, other people, that same experience because I think my mom is so easygoing, which I am blessed. I am so blessed. Like, she is a godsend when it comes to those issues. Like, we have a very open and honest relationship. Not that I'm telling her where I'm going all the time. But, you know, like, for the most part, we're good in terms of the mutual respect part. Like, she understands that I am, you know, a contributing member and that I am, you know, doing the best I can for myself for the times. Um, and so she does her best to support me, and, and I really appreciate her for that. But I know a lot of, like, I have um, one friend, she's actually gone in as well, and it was tough. It was tough when we back home. And she went to Ottawa as well. She went to Ottawa U. Oh, okay. And she was there for like six, seven years. Six, seven years of your wow. life. Like, you're grown. Yeah. You're grown. <laughs> and then you finally come back home and to still have your parents, like, treating you like a child in the yeah. sense that, like, you know, they still expect you to ask permission. They still expect you to tell you exactly where you're going and who they're with. Um, and want to be making comments like, you know, you're out all the time, like, you know, yeah. come back home, this is your home, this, like, you know what I mean, all that stuff. It's like, absolutely not, absolutely not. I've done it for way too long. I've experienced myself, I've grown into, I'm a new person. I'm a complete new person from who I was when I left this household. I mean, yeah, pretty much I had the same experience as your friend, but um, I don't know, I think I'm pretty lucky that my mom, she's um, a little less... I guess a little less strict compared to a lot of my peers of the same background, but I'm um, still like, we're still trying to navigate going forward. Like I'll tell her I'm going somewhere and I'll be back at a certain time. And that's pretty much it. I always have my phone if you need to reach me, mm-hmm. but it's still always dealing with those side comments. If I'm out for too long, according to her, you know, all mm-hmm. these questions or she'll start ringing down my phone while I'm out still, so yeah it's a lot (laughs) but we're getting through it and I know at the end of the day it's just because she cares for my well-being so it's never malicious but it can be hard to not get angry sometimes yeah I feel like this point in our lives we're all trying to like let go like not that we don't love our parents we love our parents but we're on the up and ups in that like we're just discovering we're on on the path the new road we're meeting people I have some people getting married, like whatever the case might be. Okay. They're they're on the opposite end. They're on the come down now. Like they, they have hit their their wants and goals for the most part. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're looking at like when are they about to retire? When are they like, you know, when can they just jet and be like snowbirds or something? It's a huge difference in lifestyle and then for them to like 
always be on your back when you're trying to do I'm sure what they did as well as young people in that like you know you're going out you're exploring and, and finding new and great things in the world yeah exactly yeah that's um I think I haven't had as much um issues because I'm in school so that takes up all of my almost all of my time and to do anything else I'm usually you know spent but yeah no there have been moments where I've just been like all right, I'm just going to go out. And they say, well, no, there's COVID outside. Well, yeah, we're, we're going to social distance. We're not, I'm not going, I'm not like hugging them up or anything, right? Mm-hmm. And the questioning is like very, like, and, and, and it's very embarrassing because, you know, my siblings, one of my siblings who's younger than me, doesn't get this kind of questioning, right? I think because they, for the most part, remained at home through school, there was a weird sort of, relationship that developed there in terms of mutual respect and sort of boundaries that didn't develop with me because I sort of went off right so the ver- yeah. the, the idea of the relationship they have with me is almost stunted to where it was when I left rather than naturally evolving so yeah I've had to like say just relax a couple of times and what was the response to your just relax <laughs> I mean I mean not good you know, these are Jamaican people, but you know, what are they gonna do, really? I mean, exactly. Like, I, I, I am the height of responsibility. I, I'm too responsible. Right? I have not effed up the way I wish I, I would have effed up in my life to, you know, grow as a person. So I really don't, right. I don't know what they're complaining about. To be you honest, you know, that is so true. Like, there's so many times when I'm like, you know, you're actually lucky that, so <laughs> that lucky. you have me. Because, like, I have been, like, compared to a lot of my friends, I'm usually the responsible one. So I could be 10 times, 20 times worse. So (laughs) you need to be grateful that I'm not as crazy as these other folk out here, okay? Right. Like, I'm, I'm engaged in daily life, you know, going to work. Yeah. Having a set schedule for myself. Like, that's a lot. I, I know people who are still pretty much for the most part working a part-time job and then living the rest of their lives high yeah you know at least like, i multitask. <laughs> you know the amount of times i've almost told those people i could get a sugared and i just stopped myself and yeah. I said, no no we're not going there it's fine it's fine let's just go hang out with some people and come back yeah. god yeah. Have you, how has that been in terms of also COVID? Because you just brought that into the play, um, Matthew, as well. In terms of COVID, what are your personal boundaries? Have you guys decided to, like, stay away from everyone? Do you, like, do you have your small group of friends that you will visit with? Like, how have you guys managed that? And also, what have your parents' responses been? Most of my friends are downtown in the red zone. So that's been annoying. So I talk to them mm-hmm. on, like, Discord and stuff mostly when we game. Um, I've met a couple times, very rarely, with like people who are still up here, and it's literally just in their backyard talking for a couple hours about nothing. We don't, we don't even go inside. So I, I have obeyed COVID rules, if anything, too much. The way I see some people, especially back in the summer, used to just be acting like there was no COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, that's I've been fairly strict. Yeah. To be honest, like I don't even go out that much which is why the few rare times that I do and getting like the million questions every time is just so annoying because 24 6 I'm home you know so 
but yeah, like I have my one friend up here who I see occasionally and that would be like once every other week, if anything. And I know the both of us, we haven't seen anyone else. Like my main group of friends, I haven't seen them since the summer in person. We just talk on the phone at this point. So yeah, the few times that I decide to be brave and go outside and then getting interviewed every single time is just like, come on, like, you know, I'm being safe. So yeah, well, you need without like bare minimum social interaction, you will literally forget who you are (laughs) because you'll just be the version of yourself you are at home. And, you know, maybe that version of yourself wasn't really you by the time you you were moving back in. And so, you know, you you, uh, you really do have to insist on some social interaction. Otherwise, you go insane. And, uh, you know, that's just facts. Just a one-off question here that just came back to my mind then. Did you guys actually sit down and ever have conversations with your parents upon moving back home about, like, quote-unquote house rules, what they expect of you, vice versa? Not for me. We no, have no. like that formal conversation. It's really been like as you go. As you go, as things come up. Yeah. What about you? That's funny. You know what? No, we didn't have a formal conversation. We did talk about like rent and stuff like that. And then as we went on and over the summertime, just like we've had friends over in the backyard. Like you said, Matthew, same kind of deal where we have people come over. We just sit outside and we made outside look um, really nice last year. And it was really comfortable, which is awesome theoreticals kept popping up which is really interesting again I have a really open relationship with my mom not that open but we just I asked her one time I'm like okay so if I was to have a boyfriend and meet a boyfriend can the boyfriend come and spend time here and she's like of course in the living room (laughs) and I was like in the living room girl oh so when you and your man come over I should expect y'all to be in the living room and then you get into like these other deeper you know my sister was able to have her boyfriend over for a period of time. Why can't I have my boyfriend over for a period of time? Like, you know what I mean? You start making those comparisons and those questions and like asking, like, what are we really talking about here? Exactly. And, and I said to her, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to have men traipsing in and out of the door, like a revolving door every other week. But like, if I was to meet someone and settle down with them, what would be the problem with them coming and like, even existing in my room because there is no privacy in the living room and I'm not saying we're going to be doing nothing crazy or nasty in the living room but like general conversations that I don't wish you to be privy to cannot happy <laughs> happen in the living room yeah. while you're over there cooking like so that was an interesting conversation and then I even I did swing in the my quote-unquote paying contributing member of the household like that's not fair right you want me to be here it's mutually beneficial for me to be here because i'm helping you with bills and you're helping me with bills Mm -hmm. why would you want to drive me out of the household by saying like i can't be a human being and have someone come over to the house yeah you know that's kind of been like a little bit not so much of an issue but it's something i've definitely started to discuss with my mom in like recent days because Okay, you know what? I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. Probably shouldn't ready. tell the story on here. But you know what? I think, it's, I think it was a good learning experience. <laughs> but um, so I was like seeing someone earlier back in like September or whatever. And then I had them over. I had never had like a guy over before. And then my mom, I texted her that he was here, but she didn't see the text. Um... And she, like, walked into my room while we were both on my bed. 
and very awkward. It was not fun. She was just like, I don't like this, and like closed the door. And we were both like, ah. I don't like this. <laughs> and she, and she, oh, was, dear. <laughs> she was going to work. Um, so, yeah, it was very awkward. And like, she was so upset about it, which I can understand. Fair enough. She didn't know. I mean, I tried to tell her, she just didn't see my message. But, um, and she was like, I don't like him. I don't want to see him again. And I'm like, okay, but hold up now. Because my brother, who also lives here, and he's older than me, and, you know, he's had his fair share of friends, you know, come visit, and they go to his room with no problems. So I'm like... No questions asked. Yeah, no questions asked. And I'm like, so why is this Why is this grace not being extended to me? Where's the difference here? And, you know, it's always me pointing out, because I'm the youngest, and it's because I'm a girl... Like, mm-hmm. I always say that. That's why you're treating me like a baby. And she's like, no, it's different. It's different. Because my brother's, like, in his 30s. And I'm like, okay, but is it really? Is like, it, though? I've, I always bring it up. Like, I've lived on my own for a good four years. Like, I am not a child. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big one. I always, um, so I only have, like, a sister who lives at home with me so that was the, the gender thing was always not as serious but mm-hmm. in my aunt's house and looking at my cousins like it was clear down the line cutthroat like the boys could do whatever whenever yes the boys did not have any rules period period yep. like at all so she can't have a boyfriend <laughs> Right. But the boys have like a regular rotation coming through of friends. I'm we love screaming. that. The friends <laughs> who spend all of their time in the room. You're lucky if you even know what the gal look like. Right. But, <laughs> but but this is a problem. And it was a continued problem, like, you know, as we got older, because again the guys like could do whatever and not answer to anyone. You don't even know yeah. what she looks like. She probably didn't even greet you when she walked in the door and she's in and she's out and you and you She's a ghost. And for me to have this one person over is, like, the end yeah. of all things sane. It was crazy. Like, I was really not expecting that reaction from her. And like I said, I can understand why she was upset. Like, not arguing that point. But it was just, like, to the extent of how far it went. I'm like, really? And, like, in comparison to what's been happening with my siblings, like, why? Mm-hmm. I don't understand where this disconnect is coming from. I mean, I do. And even but... though your your brother might be, like, significantly older than you or older than you in general, like, I'm sure he didn't just start that yesterday. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's always been so telling. Yeah. Right? Like, and then at the same time asking for grandkids. Like, do you know what needs to happen mm-hmm. before that to get to that point? <laughs> and you're <laughs> yeah, not you allowing meet, you know, the you need to meet people, to you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Lord. So about 15% of younger millennials say their parents are paying for part of their rent while they're paying, they're paying the rest. And another 15% say that their parents are covering the full cost. So given that that's the amount of total millennials, now millennials, bear in mind, <clears throat> goes all the way up to age 39. What are your guys' like, um, plans for the future to like reestablish your financial and like housing independence, you know? Bearing in mind, there's no pressure to do um, housing independence immediately. You do what works, right? Yeah. 
Well, honestly, for me, a lot of it's still up in the air. Like, I know that I want to go back to school at some point, and I would like to move out again to do that. Um, But at the same time, like, I'm also about to go into repayment of my OSAP. So that's another thing that I have to think about budgeting and because I would like to save as much as I can before I move out again. However, if I stay home, that would mean less OSAP if I was to go back to school. So there's a lot of variables to consider, at least in my situation. So yeah, right now I'm just thinking about saving and just trying to figure out what option is going to work the best for me because not only financially but also mentally and what I will be able to um what situation I'll be able to stay sane in (laughs) is really a big concern for me yeah Mm -hmm. it's weird um because in one sense I don't want to move out because we are in COVID and if I move out I'm going downtown which is obviously a higher risk zone and also then moving out probably by myself ideally for how long this pandemic is going to rage we just it's just so unknown but on the other hand honestly driving me much more than that is I I want to move out um I don't want to be in Newmarket I don't like the lifestyle yeah what lifestyle? <laughs> yeah. There is none. <laughs> Country bumpkin. <laughs> no, it's 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 a really nice place to live and you know as much as we talk shit about Newmarket, like it is a great place to live in that I do actually have a great relationship now that thanks to COVID with my neighbors. And I would not mind now that there are there is an increased presence of POCs in the area. I wouldn't feel as bad raising my kids here. Like, it's a great, it's, it's a comfortable place to be. Yeah, um, for families. For families, exactly. As a young person, there is nothing here for me. I Actually, I just realized there's a shisha bar that just opened up on Main Street in Newmarket. Wait, what? My, yeah. You're joking. So we're coming up here. We're coming up. Okay. But no, it's still, <laughs> there's still, if I go to any bar in Newmarket, I can guarantee you I will not hear Afrobeats, I will not hear. Like, I'll be lucky if I get Drake. <laughs> yeah, no. But, you know, other than that, when you walk into those bars and you have to deal with, like, rock music or country music, like, that's just not a vibe. It's not a vibe. So, yeah, I really want to move. Yeah, that is the dream, you know. Financial independence that's not sort of sudden. Uh, I mean, sorry, housing independence that's not sort of just sudden and imposed upon you, but, like, planned and responsible. A couple of my friends, um, you know, because they all boyfriend and girlfriend up, um, are buying relatively, not huge houses, but like semi-detached houses um, in like really cheap locations, you know, in the in the sort of backwoods of our mm-hmm. great and illustrious province. But it's affordable. And those houses can build up a lot of equity. So that's a good financial plan they're undertaking. But for me, I would probably stay home for another year working straight through the year um hopefully i get my paralegal certification and and i'm able to work in a small firm somewhere here but yeah i'm just earning as much as possible where i have enough savings to sort of go off and maybe room with some of my more um say this delicately less (laughs) um relationship wise committed friends to just sort of stay there for a couple years 
and then when I feel like I can afford a home either with someone um, I'm in a relationship with or by myself then I would do that and I find these days because of the great recession because of stagnant incomes the ability of our generations to be homeowners particularly early is sort of a, a bit of a moot point so I don't think there's any shame on saving and holding off on that dream till you're like in your mid-30s to late-30s in terms of getting exactly. a home. Hell, we're in our mid-20s and we're still being asked who the hell I'm going out with, so right. yep. save for the house. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh my god. Oh, the, the, trust me, the, 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 the psychological scarring of the last like decade or so of our lives from Great Recession to COVID crisis is just going to be glorious. They're going to make yeah, so many movies and books. Thank you so much for joining us this week, guys. We wanted to bring you guys a lighter topic um, following last week's long episode. So thank you guys to all who listened all the way through to the end. Make sure you guys go hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Black Magic the Podcast. Um, we've got lots of content coming for you guys, lots of new uh, topics to discuss. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening in on. Uh, so you're ready in a week for the next episode or I guess it'll be two weeks we drop every two weeks <laughs> thanks guys y'all take care bye adios <laughs>